Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Today, I'm going to start things off by first apologizing to anyone that has been inconvenienced by the tardiness of the episodes being released. They normally would be released on Tuesdays and Fridays, but as of late, there has been some issues pertaining to the software that I use to create these episodes, and it has taken occasionally up to, on some occasions, 16 hours for it to upload onto all platforms. So if this has inconvenienced you, I am very sorry. We are working on a solution to get things updated and on the air within an hour of posting. I can tell you this, as of right now, it is Friday. If this episode comes out tomorrow, I am on Saturday, the 17th, then I am sorry. But as of right now, it is Friday the 16th, April 16th, 2021. And to start off the show, I'm going to first talk about updates in the assault charges case against Aaron Donald. So if you haven't heard about this, it's kind of one of the biggest things happening in the NFL right now, besides Deshaun Watson and his uh, sexual assault uh, and sexual harassment case against him. So Aaron Donald was reported that he was in a, or had been reported that he was involved in a bar fight in the early hours of Sunday morning and pretty much the the accuser who had been assaulted by who he believed to be Aaron Donald had pretty much gotten the crap beat out of him he had he had to get 16 stitches he had a broken arm his eye was swollen shut and there was a lot of people, there was tons of memes made about it uh, involving Aaron Donald making fun of his situation. And the uh, there's been an update as of probably about an hour ago that Aaron Donald, in fact, was not the person who struck the victim and beat the crap out of him. It, as a matter of fact, surveillance footage shows that Aaron Donald was actually a bystander and had broke up the fight, had pulled the guy who, the actual guy being the crap out of the victim off of him and pulled him away. Now, This, of course, the the footage definitely shows. If you haven't seen it, uh, and if you haven't heard about this, please do some uh, Googling, watch the surveillance footage. Aaron Donald, if he does end up facing any charges, I don't think he will, especially with this footage. It, I mean, I'm really watching it right now. There's, there's no way you can say he even swung at this guy. Uh... There was a bunch of stuff going on, though, surrounding this, uh, on whether he would 
be rested and all that. And it's it's good to see that the facts are coming out that he actually did not do anything. And the, the only question I could possibly see happening, and if this did happen, it would be shame on this group, which the group is the NFL. If the NFL still decided to fine Aaron Donald or punish him for being involved in this, even though he was the person who pulled the guy off of him. The NFL has a way of overlooking certain facts when punishing players, and I would not be shocked. I would be actually, I would be shocked. I, I would. If the NFL decide to punish Donald because he looks in this video, it looks like he saved this guy from maybe getting even more hurt. And, you know, May Arundel knows the guy who attacked the victim, but either way, he shouldn't be punished by the NFL for possibly a friend, uh, doing that if anything the nfl should just tell him like hey you should maybe start reconsidering the people you hang out with but with certain players the nfl has kind of skipped out on the facts and taken the the little evidence that they would have and punish players over uh over what they're accused of doing uh, an example of this, and I know that there's going to be tons of you who disagree with me on this, but Tom Brady with the plate gate, yes, he destroyed his cell phone. Yes, there was air taken away from the balls, but without that cell phone, there is no evidence. Yes, he destroyed it. Yes, that is very suspicious, but at the same time, the same thing that I'm going to tell everyone is, if I asked you or your employer told you to give to give you or to give them your phone, would you feel comfortable doing that? Have you not have you may not or perhaps in the past month you have talked a little smack about your your boss or you know complained about someone and now all of a sudden your the ownership of or wherever you work might get to see those messages it'll make your situation very uncomfortable and with someone like tom brady in that case it's gonna get out whatever he had what whatever was in those messages it doesn't matter how confidential it is if he had said something about bill belichick and like saying oh he's an a-hole i you know i hate playing for him which i'm not saying he said that but if it he said something like that in there that would come out and it would be a bad look for brady so i understood why he destroyed it yes it made him look even more guilty but this is kind of where i'm coming back to 
the NFL didn't have enough evidence to say that Tom Brady had anything to do with deflating the footballs. And maybe, and, and he still got suspended, and maybe Aaron Donald will get suspended a game or two or fined because he had maybe had something to do with this guy getting attacked. Whether it be his friend who attacked him, which I'm not saying this guy is his friend. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that in my, with, with me, when I've gotten, when my friends have gotten into bar fights, I've pulled them off of people. I've never pulled some random guy off of someone mainly because that guy might want to all of a sudden hit you. He might turn his anger on to you thinking that you're the guy who he's beating up's friend. So, I mean, there's a chance that maybe Aaron Donald gets fined or suspended a game or two. If it does happen, I think it'd be incredibly foolish and a bad look for the NFL as of right now because he is right now looking very innocent. I mean, I wouldn't encourage anyone who hasn't seen this video to go watch it. And, like, you can't tell me that Aaron Donald swung at this guy even once after watching that video. That being said, the NFL does kind of have a way to, or find a way to punish players when they want to and we'll just have to wait and see on what ends up happening with this but would anyone be shocked if if you watch the video would you be shocked if by the end of the weekend or early monday morning you hear that aaron donald has been found or the charges against aaron donald have been released and that the victim and the victim's attorney have apologized to Aaron Donald for falsely accusing him. I know I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. When we return, we will be talking about Jadavion Clowney signing with the Cleveland Browns and what it means for the Cleveland Browns defense and their chances at possibly going to a Super Bowl this next year when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, just yesterday, it was reported that Jadavion Clowney was signing a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. Jadavion Clowney, who played with the Tennessee Titans last year, and for most of it, for his entire career, has been known as a guy who gets after the quarterback, which isn't particularly true. Well, he does 
but he doesn't get sacks, which is really the only thing that most people care about when it comes to defensive ends and pass rushers. Uh, how does this help the Cleveland Browns? I believe it actually helps them in ways that most people aren't seeing. Jadavion Clowney, throughout his entire career, has dealt with multiple injuries. And outside of J.J. Watt, he's never had a a good pass rusher on the other side that helps him get after the quarterback. Now, him being this electrifying pass rusher has been overblown throughout his entire career. I'm going to say that right now. Everyone thinks that he could get or had thought that he could get after the quarterback when he was coming out of college just because he blew up a Michigan running back on a play where he had a free go, free sprint right at the running back, forced the fumble, and it was a huge hit. I think it's probably one of the more historical hits of the past 10 years. And that kind of, for whatever reason, people started thinking, oh my God, he he's going to be a monster in the NFL. He's going to blow up offensive lines and be able to go sack the quarterback. He is not Khalil Mack. He's not Aaron Donald, who we talked about in the last segment. He is not a top five or ten pass rusher now he is a freak of nature and i'm going to say that respectfully he's a total freak of nature and that is what makes him a special player the amount plays he just messes up for offenses will help the Cleveland Browns a lot as long as he can stay healthy. He's only had one season where he played all 16 games, and that was in 2015. Now, I think the Cleveland Browns probably signed him knowing, you know, he'll probably have deal with a little bit of an injury here or there during the season. They just need him, in my opinion, for 10-12 games in the regular season and then for the playoffs. If they have him in the playoffs, as long as they go to the playoffs, which I think they will, I actually think that they're a dark horse to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, but he is, he, he is a phenomenal player. Don't get me wrong on that. But all these people saying how, including himself saying, oh, I've been double teamed so much over these past couple of years because he never had a good pass rusher on the other side. As someone who's watched the film, who was the number one game predictor this past year uh, for NFL game predictions, I had 182, 73, and one record. I am telling you, when I factored in all the players on defense. I did factor in Jadavion Clowney, but I never factored him in as a pass rusher. It was very, very rare that I did. He 
he knows how to blow plays up. He knows how to change or force the offense to change directions. But he never was scary when it came to getting after the quarterback. As it showed, he didn't get a single sack this past season. Now, that isn't to say that he won't be getting sacks this season. I believe he will because he does have Miles Garrett on the other side rushing the or rushing the quarterback as well. Uh he does have at the moment Sheldon Rakin or Sheldon Richardson coming up the from the D tackle position. They they have uh, what I'm blanking on his name right now. Andrew Billings as well coming from the D tackle position. And Malik Jackson who is older but still very solid defensive tackle, uh, solid rotational player. Uh, but I mean, he's not going to be one of these players who next, like he signed a one-year deal and he signed a one-year deal for a reason. I'm actually shocked that the Browns signed him when they did. Uh, they probably could have waited till after the draft, but with where they're drafting, they probably were looking at the players and thinking, uh, can we get a good pass rusher or a good defensive lineman that we feel would be worthy of our first round pick with where we're st- or where we're picking at? And they probably said, you know what? We should just take Jadavion Clowney. And if there's someone there in the draft, then we have a we we have a good problem that to have which i've always said the only good problem is having no problem at all but having too much of one, of a of a position that everyone's trying to get good players at is a pretty good problem to have when you have a lot of players so that's one of the things that i could say it's it's worthy and with Jadavion Clowney, I do believe that they're going to need to cut someone from that defensive line position, uh, whether that be uh, Takaris McKinley or Tack McKinley, former Atlanta Falcon, Raider, and I believe San Francisco 49er. Uh, he's a former first-round pick. Uh, shows lots of potential, but just like Jadavion Clowney, hasn't really lived up to that getting after the pass or the quarterback mentality that was kind of portrayed on him. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, I could see them letting go of Sheldon Richardson. Uh, it would be a essentially a cap casualty. They would just probably do it to save money and... I like Sheldon Richardson. I hope that they don't do that. But Tack McKinley is not a high uh a high cap hit on the Cleveland Browns at the moment. You know, I could maybe see Malik Jackson, but then again, Malik Jackson isn't that high of a cap hit either. While Sheldon Richardson isn't a tremendous cap it i just feel i i'd say between him and malik jackson it's one of those two that is are gonna get cut 
probably within the next week or so uh, as just part of trying to save some money. Now, the question is, how does this affect this defense? This defense, I, throughout the entire season last year, they were solid. They never showed, like, a really good defense to the point where you're like, wow, we have to respect and, like, show a lot of love towards this defense. It's it's tremendous. Then there was never a point during the season where I looked at them personally and said that they're worthy of that ranking of being, say, like a top 5 to 10 defense. That being said, they have added a lot of pieces this offseason. You know, outside of Jadavion Clowney, they added the free safety from the Rams, John Johnson, who was the top safety in free agency this year, who will definitely help in their secondary. They'll be getting Greedy Williams back, who was injured a lot during last season. They added Tack McKinley, who first season with the Falcons, I loved him. I was thinking, wow, we finally have a pass rusher that we can depend on. That being said, he didn't really pan out with the Falcons, which is a shame. Uh, and he's been kind of a knucklehead throughout the, his career a little bit with just some rather odd and foolish things he's said, um, jumping from team to team. But he does have potential to put up some good numbers. And they added Anthony Walker, who looks is a very solid linebacker who played for the Colts. I, I could see them improving on defense. Denzel Ward still shows a lot of promise. A very solid to borderline good corner for the Cleveland Browns. Uh... I think they still have some issues that they have to address with their defense. But this team, this team looks scary. Uh, I, you know, I talk about how certain teams kind of have that feel for, like they almost seem like they're just playing Madden Ultimate Team. If you've played Madden NFL football, and played Madden Ultimate Team. Teams like the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, and the Cleveland Browns even right now. They all feel like they're just kind of creating an assemblage of great talented players. Or great potential players, big name players. And creating almost like super teams and it's it's kind of cool to see it's exciting um for the afc north the nfc south and the afc west it, it kind of sucks for every other team in those divisions but the cleveland browns could be a, a very good team this next year if Jadavion Clowney is able to get after the quarterback because of miles garrett rushing up the middle or rushing on the other side as of right now, Sheldon Richardson, 
uh, and the rest of them D linemen going at him. Their coverage is going to be upgraded. I think that they could really see a change. And it, it really does make a difference because there's going to be plays that Miles, like looking back at plays last year, when teams were playing the Browns, they kind of ran, quarterbacks ran away from Miles Garrett. They don't want to give him the opportunity to, to, to get that sack. Well, with Jadavion Clowney, who is a freak of nature, coming on the other side, who can kind of just push or go around to force that quarterback to have to stay in the pocket or push towards Miles Garrett or climb the pocket for Sheldon Richardson or any other defensive lineman that might be there, Tack McKinley, who like who will be more of a rotational player, but Tack McKinley, uh, Sheldon Richardson, Andrew Billings, like there's potential for a very good defensive line with a lot of sacks or a lot of balls that are forced towards John Johnson and Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams to be possibly intercepted. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to be as good as last year's Pittsburgh Steelers, but the potential is there for them to match that or get close to matching what the Steelers were on defense last year. With the offense that they have, getting OBJ back, as long as they don't trade OBJ, Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, Austin Hooper. I mean, that amazing offensive line. The Browns really do have a chance to have a very, very good team and a very good chance to make a run at the Super Bowl. And with the Ravens, you know, not really helping Lamar, being able to help Lamar out, getting any pass catchers through free agency, you know, they're probably going to have to draft wide receiver early in the first couple of rounds. And wide receivers don't always pan out. They don't. So the chance for the Browns, it, they have a good chance to really shock people even more than they did last year. And, you know, when, when, when we think about it, five years ago, who would have ever thought that the Browns would be as good as they are right now? It is crazy to think how far they've come. From being the laughing stocks of the NFL, you know, going one and fifteen and then zero and sixteen, it is truly amazing. And I, I, I root for the Browns because it's the underdog story that we can all get behind, except for the AFC North. And I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with rooting for the Browns to be one of these dominant teams of the next decade. I I actually hope it happens. That being said, 
Jadavian Clowney, I believe, will help this team because he will be messing plays up for the offense. He will be able to get through and be a great run stuffer, which that is what he was, in my opinion, should have been more known for coming out of college. And the potential is there for that defensive line. Do I believe they still need a little bit of help? Yes. But I'm sure they will be addressing this in the upcoming NFL draft. So if I'm a Brown, if I'm talking right now to the Browns fans, you guys have a very good reason to be excited for next season. When we return, we will be talking about the Washington football team and their potential names because it appears that they will be they have some name changes that they would like to suggest and spoiler alert they are not impressive names find out more after this welcome back this is the football news and knowledge podcast i am your host joshua bell Now, as I was saying before this past break, the Washington football team has come up with some new names for their, or potential names for their franchise. These names, first of all, in my opinion, I'm going to give you a warning, a heads up, just these names, for the most part, are all terrible and if these are this this is the selection if i was a washington football fan i would just want them to stay as washington and stay with the same uniforms because i actually like their uniforms right now i think they're actually kind of slick but and and classy looking as well the name changes the potential names the aces the ambassadors, the anchors, the archers, the armada, the aviators, the beacons, the belters, the brigade, the commanders, the defenders, demon cats, first city football club, I didn't realize that Washington football team is is going to be changing into a uh, soccer team, but with that name, I would I assume that they are going to start playing soccer. The Griffins, the Guardians, the Icons, the Majors, the Monarchs, the Pilots, the Presidents, the Razorbacks, the Red Tails, the Red Wolves, Red Hogs. Renegades, Riders, Rising, Royals, Rubies, Swifts, Warriors. Yet again, here's another uh, soccer name. Washington, D.C. Football Club. Oh, and there's another one. Washington Capital City Football Club. Wayfarers, Wild Hogs, 32 FC. And then the last one. Probably the best one 
just because all these other ones are kind of trash, the Washington football team. There are only a couple names on here that I look at and I say, yeah, the potential is there. One being the Red Tails. Two being the Red Wolves. And three, the Warriors. Those are the only three other than the Washington, just staying as the Washington football team that I look at and say, yeah, the, those ones are are okay. They aren't good by any means. I mean, the Warriors, yes, I like. And, but I don't think they're going to choose the Warriors because, just because of the fact that I'm sure they would probably mess up and use some sort of Native American logo for that and offend everyone again. Which, as someone who's Native American myself, I never, I, I never was offended by the logo of the the Washington football team's former logo. The name, I understood why people were offended by it. And quite frankly, I never called them that name. I just called them Washington because of that. That being said, though, if it's not the Warriors, the Red Tails, or the Red Wolves, I just got asked Dan Snyder, like, what are you doing? Why? Like, the, I, I think their uniforms right now are very slick. I'm sure that there's a lot of fans that actually agree with me on this. It kind of gives a college football vibe to their team. Along with that, it kind of gives them a little bit of a gritty look. I don't know. It's just something about just having the W and the number on the other side. It kind of gives me that Alabama feel for almost like an Alabama football team being pro. Which, even though Washington is not as good as Alabama is in the NCAA, it still has a very... Retro yet classy look. I, I don't know. I've always been a fan of these uh, of the teams that keep it simple with their uniforms. I've been vocal on how I'm not a fan of the new Falcons uniform and a lot of these new Nike uniforms. You know, like there's an old saying that my dad used to always say to me, and it's keep it simple, stupid. And I feel like Nike has a way of not keeping it simple. And quite frankly, if I was Washington, just keep it simple, stupid. That's that's all I'm going to say. Stick with the Washington football team. Ride that out. And you know what? It might grow on you. It grew on me. I actually really dig it. 
if you're a Washington football fan and it hasn't grown on it you yet, I'm sure it will. That being said, when we return, we will be talking about the our final segment will be on the uh, mock draft for this upcoming NFL draft picks number 11 through 20 when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Last Friday, we had done the mock draft for picks 1 through 10, and this Friday, we are doing picks 11 through 20. So without further ado, let's start it off with pick number 11, where the New York Giants I have taking Zavin Collins of Tulsa. He's an edge pass rusher, and it's going to come as a bit of a shock to some people that he would go this high, but the reason I have him going as high as I do is because he has very good size, good athleticism, and he has the ability to be a three-down pass rusher. And quite frankly, in Patrick Graham's scheme, I believe he will thrive and be able to be be an instant contributor on defense. And that is why I have the New York Giants taking him at pick number 11. At pick number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles, I have taking cornerback Jace Horn, who some argue is the best corner in this upcoming draft. Now, I believe Patrick Sertan, the second, is the best one, and that, yet again, this is totally opinion-based, but Jace Horn is definitely not that much of a downgrade. I mean, Jace Horn is incredibly explosive. Uh, it, quite frankly, it still wouldn't shock me if Horn does go ahead of Sertan, made the the Cowboys do draft him instead of Sertan at pick 10, but I feel as though he will fit better with the Philadelphia Eagles where his explosiveness will be able to help support that defense that struggled last year. At pick 13, I have the LA Chargers taking Rashawn Slater. Now, Rashawn Slater, I, I believe no, no matter what, the LA Chargers will draft the best offensive lineman available. That being said, I believe at this point it will be Rashawn Slater, and this will help fix a big need that the Chargers had on offense. Last year, uh, Justin Herbert was pressured a lot. He was moving a lot in that pocket, and this would help fill a need that and give Justin Herbert more time to develop because Justin Herbert last year played lights out, and we still haven't seen... like he, He's still developing. He, 
there's a chance that within two to three years, we're looking at Justin Herbert the same way we look at Patrick Mahomes. So, quite frankly, I, I believe that Rashawn Slayer will be there and available at pick 13. And I, if I'm being honest, I think if Penny Sewell is somehow available, they might stay with Rashawn Slater because Rashawn Slayer will fit the LA Chargers scheme perfectly. At pick 14, this one, and I know that there's going to be certain Vikings fans that are going to get on me and pretty much going to be comparing me to other hot take uh or other people who make hot takes. But at pick 14, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Justin Fields. Now, I know what you Vikings fans are thinking. You guys have Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you do. But it's not like Kirk Cousins is your, your Lord and Savior. I mean... Kirk Cousins needs a lot of peace around him to succeed. And quite frankly, I believe that Mike Zimmer has is probably getting a little sick of having to deal with every year having the possibility of him losing his job. And Justin Fields, who looks to be a phenomenal quarterback, I believe is definitely a top five quarterback in this year's draft. Probably I would even say I actually, I believe I put him at top three early, earlier this year. Uh, I think I had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then Justin Fields. Um, so it, while it might upset some Vikings fans, every year there is some player that no one expected a team to take that gets taken. And I believe that the Vikings will take Justin Fields if he's available and possibly trade or hold on to Kirk Cousins till the start of camp and maybe trade him to another team that is in need of a quarterback. Maybe someone's quarterback gets injured and the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins for a first round pick to whatever team is in need. Maybe he gets traded to the Texans. I'm not sure, but I just, I, I could just see it happening. I mean, and Clint, uh, Clint Kubiak, or Kubiak would love to, to have a player like Justin Fields, I feel like he'll be able to do so much more with Justin Fields. The offense would be so much more electrifying. I mean, Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, Adam Thielen at wide receiver, Dalvin Cook as your running back, and then you have to worry about me, Justin Fields, taking off and running. I mean... The potential would be amazing. 
So that is why I have Justin Fields being the number 14 overall pick to the Minnesota Vikings. At pick 15, I have the New England Patriots taking Trey Lance. Now, it's no secret that the Patriots aren't sold on Cam Newton. That being said, I think that they're comfortable enough with him to the point where they'd say, we'll let, we'll give, or we'll have him be our quarterback and maybe draft someone to develop behind Cam. And Trey Lance, who is coming out of North Dakota State, will most likely be needing a little bit of development. I mean, he has raw talent, but he will need some time to sit behind a quarterback and learn the scheme. And with Josh McDaniels being the offensive coordinator, I think it would be a very good fit for Trey Lance. Yes, he won't start probably year one. Or if he came in, he would only come in in a couple games because Cam Newton would be injured. But the potential is there for him to be the long-term starter down the road. And that's why I have the Patriots drafting Trey Lance is because they are still in need of a quarterback for their future and Trey Lance will need to sit and develop a little bit I believe for his first year or two before he is really the starter and there's no shame in that I mean Aaron Rodgers came into the league and he sat behind Brett Favre and look at Aaron Rodgers now now I'm not saying that Trey Lance is Aaron Rodgers I'm just saying sometimes great quarterbacks have to sit and wait. Steve Young had to sit and wait. But yeah, so that is why I have the New England New England Patriots taking Trey Lance. Now at pick 16, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking Elijah Vera Tucker. Now, this is a pick that might upset some Cardinals fans and they might be saying why would we take a offensive lineman who is not ranked as a first round pick or not ranked in the upper half of the first round and my answer to that would be who's protecting Kyler Murray right now The Cardinals need help on the offensive line, and Elijah Vera Tucker will immediately come in to that scheme and be a starter, which is what the Cardinals need. They need more protection for Kyler Murray because, you know, when, or right after that Arizona uh, game, or the Arizona versus Buffalo game, where Cardinals threw up that last second Hail Mary to win the game. From that from after that game on, the Cardinals were a different team. And it's because Kyler Murray was kind of injured for the rest of the season. And dealing with lingering issues or injuries from being under constant pressure. And Elijah Vera Tucker will come into that scheme and instantly be a day one starter and a solid player 
for years on that offensive line. And that is why I have the Arizona Cardinals taking him at pick number 16. At pick 17, I have the or not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders taking Jalen Phillips. Now, Jalen Phillips would help the Raiders in multiple ways. One being, he's the prototypical edge rusher that the Raiders' defense usually has. They have pass rushers like Max Crosby, and that's what Jalen Phillips essentially is. He's another Max Crosby in my eyes. And yes, I could see them taking linebacker because here, but if Jalen Phillips is still available, I would say, because I could see Jalen Phillips possibly going to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 14. But in my mock draft, I have him falling to 18 or to 17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. And if I were the Raiders, I would take him because the Raiders defense has not been good these past couple years. Max Crosby has looked or has played lights out. But outside of Max Crosby, you can't really look at anyone on that defense that impresses you. Now, a linebacker is still needed, but this draft is kind of heavy on linebackers. They could get another one in the second round who could be a very solid starter. And that is why I have them taking Phillips here, because he, he will go into the Raiders system and instantly be a contributor when, when coming around the edge and getting after the quarterback. Someone who is strong enough and physical enough to also bowl over uh, tackles and just really disrupt plays. And that is why I have the Las Vegas Raiders taking Jalen Phillips. Now, at pick 18, I am going to completely butcher his name, but Jer- I have the Dolphins taking Jeremiah Awuzu Kumaro, who <laughs> who's a linebacker. This is someone who I could also see the Raiders taking if they do not get Phillips or don't decide to draft him. Now, Miami might be enticed to like go after the top running backs in at this position, like Najee Harris coming out of Alabama. But I think it makes more sense to target defense, especially with their defensive mind head coach. Um, a quality running back can be found in almost any round of any NFL draft, and. As it shows from the running back uh, who played for uh, the Jaguars last year, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, he came in the league as an undrafted free agent, and he lit up the NFL. He lit or led all rookies in James Robinson. By the way, James Robinson led all rookies in rushing yards. So. It would make sense for them to go 
and get a linebacker to help solidify that defense, especially with uh, the Dolphins letting go of Kyle Van Noy, who did play very well for them last year. Now, at pick 19, I have the Washington football team taking offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. Now, Leatherwood would be the offensive uh, tackle that would essentially be have the responsibility of taking over the role that uh, blanking on his name right now the San Francisco 40 Trent Williams replacing Trent Williams and the hole that he left last year when he left now I'm not saying Alex Leatherwood is Trent Williams but I think he's a very good fit for this team and will help whoever is at quarterback be able to give them a little bit more time and really just become a key offensive player on this offensive line that needs a lot of help. He played at Washington, so he has experience in the SEC, and he's big, you know, he... He's a very experienced veteran coming out of, uh, or not, <laughs> he didn't play at Washington. I'm sorry. He played at Alabama. He's going to Washington in my draft. But he played at Alabama, so he has familiarity in the SEC. He's big. He he stretches. like He, he is very athletic for an offensive lineman, and I think he fits what the Washington football team needs. I mean, he tested through the ceiling at his pro day. And everything looks very well, like, coming out of, uh, out of all these camps. And I would not be shocked if he went in the first 20 picks, even though he is uh, his position rank is 7th, I believe. Matter of fact, I am going to confirm that right now. Yes, for in this draft, his position rank is 7th. That being said, I think he is a very good fit for the Washington football team, and he will go at pick 19. Now at pick 20, the final pick of this mock draft Friday, I have the Chicago Bears taking Greg Newsom II. Coming out of Northwestern. Now, Greg Newsom II would be the perfect replacement to Kyle Fuller in the Chicago Bears scheme. I mean, the Bears clearly didn't want to get rid of Kyle Fuller, but it was just something that they had to do. I mean, there's no way they could get around their cap situation without getting rid of some players with big cap numbers and it's just a shame that Kyle Fuller ended up being one of those players that had to get cut. Now they would the Chicago Bears would be getting a very accountable cornerback for from down the road at Northwestern. Newsom gives the Bears a, a very good tandem at cornerback with Jalen Johnson and that is why I have them taking uh, Greg Newsom the second, because 
at this point in my mock draft, there are no quarterbacks that the Bears can take. Now, I could see them potentially trading up and trying to go after one of these quarterbacks and to try and save their head coach's job and the GM's job. But at the same time, I I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see any of these quarterbacks that are worthy falling to the Chicago Bears. Like, I do not see them, even Trey Lance, falling to the Chicago Bears. And if Trey Lance did fall to the Chicago Bears, I don't see them drafting him because I do believe he needs some time uh, to develop. And with Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy, being and GM Ryan Pace being on the hot seat, I think it'd be foolish for them to take a quarterback that they will have to develop because it's not going to be their quarterback then. And if they don't succeed this year, they're going to lose their jobs, and next it's just going to be the next head coach's quarterback, whoever loves their quarterback situation. So, with Greg Newsom the second, it helps solidify that defense a little bit more, get it back to where it's at, and quite frankly, they need to have a good defense. Playing in a division that has Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins at the moment, and potentially Justin Fields if he goes there. Now... <laughs> I think if the Bears have the opportunity to trade up and get one of these top quarterbacks in this draft outside of Trey Lance, I think they should take it. I think they, if I'm Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I am selling the farm to get to get like a franchise quarterback to save their job. And that might be the route that they take, but in this mock draft, they are going to be forced to take a cornerback and look to improve in other ways throughout the throughout the second round and so on and so forth. That does bring it us to an end to this week's ten picks for this upcoming draft. I am your host, Josh Bell. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a like, uh, leave a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you leave a five-star rating, please leave a review. If you do leave a a review, ask a question and I will answer it on next week's episode. That being said, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. If you drink, don't drive. And we will see you again on Tuesday. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye-bye.